What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Roberta, the business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about making money on Fiverr as a writer. Now, there are a bunch of gig platforms that are great places for writers when they are getting started out, but there's a lot you can do with these platforms to make a full-time income and make more money than you would think. I think with a lot of places like Fiverr and Upwork, there are people who realize the full potential of these platforms or think that this is just a place where you're not making too much money per article. So we have a really incredible story today of a guest who is the founder of Wizio, a content agency that helps clients create content at scale and reach new customers. She got started on Fiverr as a freelance writer, was able to make over $20,000 per month through that, She's since expanded with her own agency, and she now has a team of over 100 writers to help her with the oncoming work. So our guest who joins us in this episode of Breakthrough Success is none other than Georgia Austin. Georgia, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. Georgia, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show. And when it comes to something like Fiverr or Upwork, uh, Upwork for me uh, in particular, I've gotten some good opportunities from Upwork, but if you look at them as a writer off and you see stuff like two cents a word, three cents a word, like I'll do five to $20 for a $1,000 article, like these aren't the most enticing rates. Can you share with us your journey with Fiverr? Because to make the type of money you've made, you're you're definitely not charging two cents a word. Definitely not. No, but I'd be happy to explain a bit more about my journey and, you know, what I charge, I guess. So I have always been a writer pretty much my entire life. As a kid, I loved writing short stories. Um, I wrote an iconic piece called The Bee That Couldn't Fly. More than happy to send you a copy of that if you want to read it. Um, But I've always been a writer and Throughout my professional career, I've had marketing roles and writing roles. I wrote for a brand called Sweaty Betty, where I was a full-time copywriter for them. And I've also had the pleasure of working with leading brands like Nike, Under Armour, and several others. So I've always been a writer and always just loved it so much that I, that I it, there became a point where I thought I could start monetizing this. And this was where freelancing was kind of a a hot topic and kind of an up and coming thing that everyone wanted to explore. And there was a lot of noise about the topic on TikTok. And that's actually where I first came across Fiverr. So I was scrolling through my feed and a video came up from Alex Fasulo, which I'm I'm sure you've heard of her before. She's very successful on Fiverr. And she basically showed the amount of money that she was making on the platform and how she changed her her life basically going from working at a PR company making you know 40k a year or something to making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year so I thought hey if she can do it then so can I and and what's the harm in trying so I created a profile on Fiverr and to my surprise it got my I got my first order within the first two days so definitely wasn't expecting that um it was for a 1000 word blog a blog client for a travel piece that I was writing and I turned that around within 24 hours got my first five-star review and the momentum really picked up from there so I basically had this strategy to never turn down any work 
And I believe that is where my success started brewing, really. So I basically accepted every single job. And I did that for about three to four months entirely on my own. And I definitely burnt out by the end of that that time period. It was a lot. I was working, you know, 15, 14, 15 hour days. First thing I would do when I wake up, reply to clients, start writing, deliver projects, reply to clients, start writing, deliver projects up until the moment I went to bed uh, 11 at night or something. So it was very, very intensive and I definitely burnt out by the end of it. Um, but there became a time where I felt like I, you know, I wanted to expand. There were still so many clients messaging me and I didn't want to turn anyone's requests down. So for that reason, I decided to onboard industry specialist content writers, so SMEs, um, who have both passion and expertise in their industry of choice. So I personally believe this is so much better to you know, so much better to work with somebody who has a genuine passion in that industry instead of somebody who is a generalist that writes this, that, and everything because the the results are pretty pretty stark. You can it's like night and day really. So that was my business model. I onboarded and expanded a team of subject matter experts, each specializing in a, a variety of different sectors, uh, from real estate to finance and e-commerce and beyond. Um, and I scaled my Fiverr agency to about 100k one month is is the highest wow. month that we had. Yeah, it was it was a a big month for sure. Um, and that's you know total sales before Fiverr takes their 20 percent. So our take home was was obviously a little less than that, but still you know exceptional to to achieve that on Fiverr. Um, so from there. I kind of got to a point, I would say a year and a half in, a year, a year and a half in, where I felt like I'd kind of outgrown the Fiverr platform and I knew I wanted to provide much more value to clients and I guess be a little bit more consultative, but also be able to create content at scale for brands or, you know, offer the at scale content creation service to them, uh, which is not really something you can do in Fiverr. And it's also not the specific customer type that Fiverr attracts. It's more, you know, one off, um, you know, individual projects and just a different kind of buyer. You can't really get on calls with everybody, um, especially the nature of the way I was operating on Fiverr. I wasn't the one doing all of the projects, so I couldn't be the one talking to all these clients, right? Um, so I created Wizio from there. I wanted to provide 10x more value than what I what we were doing in Fiverr. And that really brings us to where we are today. Wow, that that's an <laughs> awesome breakdown. I mean, it sounds like the business took off rapidly. Yes. And then you realize that I can't take all these orders. I need to bring in the writers. I would love to get into that shortly. Yeah. Um, but with your, your gig, you mentioned that you got your first customer within two days. Uh, like what went into that? Like, I'm not sure like what type of marketing was done or like, was there a stronger focus on SEO and the algorithm? Like, can you talk a little bit about how you got the, that initial momentum, the first person in two days and then that building up? Yeah, so I, I found my initial person on Indeed. I posted a job listing and I got a ton of applications within the first like day or so. I was honestly so shocked at how many 
freelance writers there were out there. And I found this amazing girl who joined my team as my very first writer. And we, you know, got to work on on all these projects together. And over time, I just added more, more and more industry experts to my team. Um, and I was definitely nervous at first because there was some sort of imposter syndrome or or concern about dishonesty, I guess. So, you know, the clients on Fiverr thought that I was the one delivering the work because my face is, you know, I'm, right. I'm the face of the brand, right? And yeah, definitely took me a while to get used to that. And, and not just imposter syndrome, but also perfectionism. And as you scale these things, you know, these kinds of businesses, you, you really have to let go of perfection. Um, but I definitely wanted to make sure that I checked every possible detail I could. So you could argue that definitely was being a perfectionist, but at the same time, you have you do have to accept that some things might slip through the cracks, especially as you scale the business. Yeah, I mean, it's not you in charge of content. I mean, the business owner cares about their own business more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. It just made sense because they've invested a lot of time into it and the writers care as well, but there is, you know, nothing is perfect. And uh, just, you know, having that first writer building up from there. Um, I mean, having an agency, there's just so much excitement there. And uh, I'm wondering if we could get into like, before the agency, before having the writers, like, how did you manage the workload with the initial orders and being able to balance that? Yeah, it was definitely tough. Um, I remember specifically, I had a notepad to the right of my computer, and I would just tick off or, or highlight every project that I had finished. So if we're talking numbers, I believe I was doing on average anything between four and six or seven pieces per day. And they would obviously range in terms of of length and complexity. Um, and I think when I had my first cancellation, and this was when I actually submitted a cancellation request because I felt like I was too out of my depth. It was a, I believe it was a medical client, somebody in the pharmaceutical space. And I just felt like I couldn't deliver my best work and I didn't have an expert for that industry at the time. Um, So I believe that was about maybe two months in or something like that. And and that was very scary for me because I was thinking, you know, if I submit this cancellation request, my the algorithm is going to take me off page one and my business is going to break and, you know, I won't be able to continue growing and scaling this. So that was definitely nerve wracking. But yeah, I was doing around, you know, anywhere up to seven pieces per day. So it was a lot. <laughs> now, I know that um, five was how you got started. And <clears throat> when you get enough traction, the algorithm can really help a lot with getting in front of more people. Obviously it's up to the writer to deliver value so that those five-star reviews keep coming in. But uh, with Wizio, uh, I'm wondering if you could share with us, like, because I know that Fiverr takes a 20% cut and that's something where it's like, it's great that it's getting revenue, but you obviously want to keep 100% if possible. Can you talk about how you branched out to Wizio uh, instead of just relying on the Fiverr model? Yeah, so still to this day, Wizio's growth has been entirely organic. We are actually about to start an accelerator program where 
we're ba they're basically going to funnel us with a, a bunch of leads to see if they can move the needle in terms of our revenue. So that's very exciting. It, it will be a four month program. Um, but in terms of branching out from Fiverr, we we firstly we had a few clients who ended up reaching out to me personally on LinkedIn because my LinkedIn is connected to my Fiverr account and people can you know review my credentials and get to know me a bit better before making a purchasing decision. So I would occasionally have people reach out to me on LinkedIn instead of Fiverr, but on the same you know in the same vein I would have existing clients in Fiverr reach out to me on LinkedIn to express you know, wanting to work with me long term, uh, jumping on a video call to kind of just take that relationship to the next level and, and continue writing with them. So that's really where I decided to create Wizio as a result of that, because I didn't have an official business or, you know, even as a freelancer, I didn't have an official business outside of my Fiverr company. So I thought this was the perfect time to have another place to take clients through from you know being a Fiverr client to becoming a Wizio client and I will make it very clear that you are not allowed to take clients off Fiverr it's strictly against the terms of service um but when clients reach out to you personally you know there's there's obviously nothing that can be done about that um if they choose to work with you in Fiverr at the start and then find you in LinkedIn after and you know take the relationship to the next level that way, then that is something that they can choose to do. And that's really how Wizio started picking up momentum and gaining a loyal client base. I mean, having your social networks connected to your fiber, it just gives people another way to reach out to you. Yes. And they follow you on social media, you're posting a little bit here and there, like they have a way to remember you and it can help with more businesses. Exactly. Uh, Georgia mentioned, I know that a lot, you mentioned earlier that a lot of the growth from Wizio is organic. Is a lot of this fueled by some people from Fiverr finding you on LinkedIn or is there a, a big effort to search engine traffic and getting organic traffic that way? Yeah, so only until a couple, maybe one to two months ago, we actually started ironically on our own content efforts. So we really weren't doing anything actively to you know in, in, in an outbound sense to onboard new clients and kind of boost our own discoverability online which is kind of contradictory to what we're doing for our own clients um, but it's all been very organic and we've just been so busy with with our existing client base and the existing team that we have that we haven't felt the need to scale but now we are in a position where we've just finished building our own platform where you know we can create content at scale for brands in a much streamlined manner, much more streamlined manner. Um, so we are ready to start our own sales process and outbound efforts, which is why we have started our own content efforts as a result. Um, but to answer your question, mainly people found us from Fiverr, then found me in LinkedIn, and then became a client of Wizio from there. Other people found us from LinkedIn, and other people found me from you know, reviewing my content posted in Business Insider and, and other kind of PR PR efforts. And it's interesting you mentioned you started this about one to two months ago, this creating more content so that people find you on the search engines, mm -hmm. especially when your current model is already working very well. I've, I'm bringing this up because I feel like when any new social network like TikTok gets introduced, people feel like they need to be active on that platform you see someone with like a hundred thousand Instagram followers doing well on that platform. You feel like you need to be active on it. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I'm wondering if you could share with us, like what happened over those one to two months ago that made you realize 
I need to focus on creating content for Wizio um, for like articles and stuff versus other opportunities or just sticking with what's already working. Yeah, so I will say it wasn't necessarily a case of me having an aha moment where I thought, oh, you know, now we should be posting content online, like, you know, like we're offering for other brands. But sorry if you can hear my dog barking in the background. <laughs> no worries. going crazy right now. Um, but it was more a case of us being ready and finally, me especially, finally having the capacity to be able to execute this content strategy, you know, and just start our own efforts. <laughs> I mean, just that idea of the content strategy that you have in place, being able to have all these different routes that you can take instead of just sticking with one model, but at the same time, not branching out too much. How do you think content creators can balance out staying in a few good lanes versus spreading themselves to like every single imaginable platform? Yeah, that's definitely a hot topic and something I feel very passionately about. It's very important to firstly understand your target customer as much as you as much as you possibly can. What are their interests? What are their dislikes? What are their pain points? And where are they most importantly? Because you don't want to be spending all this money on your content efforts and you know, not not only money, but also time strategizing these things. But you don't want to be targeting the wrong platforms or what I would call spraying and praying that you start building traction as a result. Um, you know, let's say you're a B2B fintech company and perhaps the best channel for you would be doubling down on LinkedIn um, instead of going on Instagram and probably Facebook as well. You wouldn't get the best traction there as you would on, on LinkedIn. But of course, that's just a generalization that it doesn't apply to every fintech company in the B2B space. And I mean, it's really key to know what works best for you. And I mean, LinkedIn's also a really great platform for me. I've seen a lot of freelance writers. That just seems to be like the hub where a lot of freelance writers seem to go to post, engage with people and get new clients. I, I know for you, Fiverr was a big point uh, that put you on this journey. And for people who maybe they feel stuck on Fiverr or they, they hear your story and they want to get started and learn more about it, what tips do you have for someone who is on the fence with Fiverr or just getting started? I would say, what's the harm in, in trying? What do you have to lose from creating an account and seeing what happens? That's exactly what happened to me. I wasn't expecting anything by creating an account on Fiverr and luckily it worked out for me. All I will say is, you know, just do it, say yes. I, I personally am a yes man. I, I say yes to everything, yes to opportunity. And I believe that others should do the same. What's going to happen if you don't do it? You, you know, you'll still get a, a positive outcome regardless. Um, so all I will say, you know, create an account, set up your profile properly, start out perhaps with two or three gigs in a specific focus niche. So whether that's writing or graphic design or web development, anything like that, whatever you want to focus on, create two to three gigs in that space and just be patient. As long as you have a great profile photo, add a profile video and make sure that your gig descriptions are clear and targeting also targeting the pain points of the buyer and you know what they're dealing with and, and how you can help. And you should get your first your first order in no time. I mean, that profile set up, the description, and all that stuff really adds up. It's good to spend extra time curating those 
because that's going to be what people read and look at before deciding whether to give you their money or not. Uh, I do want to touch on experienced freelance writers who they have established themselves in other ways. So Fiverr isn't their first choice. Like maybe they became successful on LinkedIn. They became successful on some other platform. Now they're used to charging a really good rate. Some people may say that you start with a very low rate on Fiverr to get initial momentum and then you up your rates later. But mm -hmm. uh, what would you say for the experienced freelancer? Maybe they're they're used to getting like an incredible rate per article mm -hmm. and then bringing that to Fiverr. Do you suggest they stick with that rate or go with something a little bit lower to get initial traction? Yeah, with Fiverr specifically, I would absolutely start lower. Um, but, you know, if you're if your rates are already sky high and you're not willing to go down and kind of do the dirty work and take a dirtier payment, if you will, um, to you know build up your business there, then it's just not going to work for you. Um, if you do want to keep your rates, then just use your own outreach efforts to target specific clients, get a lead list together. There's people you can pay for like 75 cents per lead or something like that. And you could spend a bit more time to really target them and their pain point and make sure that they're a good fit for you. And if you believe that you can genuinely add value to their existing content and make it 10 times better, then it should be a no brainer for them. So, you know, it's not going to work. Fiverr specifically will not work for, for everybody. And I think that's a really good point because with Fiverr, the, the reviews are a pretty big indicator. And if you go away with zero reviews, and you're charging the highest rate, it's going to be a bit difficult to stand out. Whereas if you're charging cheap at the beginning, you get like some reviews and then you could charge up. How many reviews did it take for you before you felt like, okay, I could raise my rates? Like, was it 10 reviews or was it some other metric you looked at? Yeah. So I believe, so I started out charging, I believe it was five or $10 per article. It was, it was dirt cheap. And I obviously charged so much more than that initial rate. Um, but I believe I got to about 20 reviews and then I increased it in five to $10 increments. And when I got to 50 reviews, I felt like this was the perfect time to apply to Fiverr Pro. Mm -hmm. And actually the day I got accepted to Fiverr Pro, I was also in conjunction applying for full-time positions, kind of remote positions. This was during the pandemic. And I ended up getting a full-time job offer as a marketing director for a company in New York the same day that I got the notification from Fiverr Pro saying that I had been accepted and I really wasn't expecting for them to accept me. Um, and I ended up taking the marketing director position. So I shut off my Fiverr account for about eight months. And something I would absolutely never do today is, is go out of office. That gives me anxiety even thinking about it uh, because obviously the other gigs in your category, they will continue to grow and your analytics will kind of pause while you're out of office, right? So now that's definitely not something I would do, but actually in hindsight, it's probably the best thing I could have done um, because when I turned my Fiverr account back on as a Fiverr Pro seller, that's when things really exploded. So it's just that, I mean, it's interesting that you walked away from it a little bit, but that Fiverr Pro seems like something that took your account to the next level. I mean, that's the value of like five or $10 an article. It's something that I wouldn't think of doing now. It's something that other freelancers wouldn't think of doing now, but given where you are now, you definitely say it's worth it given 
mm -hmm. uh, the current the trajectory of how you got to where you are. Yes, exactly. I, I highly recommend just, you know, hopping off a high horse for a second and starting out at a lower rate if you do want to have a chance of, of building something you know, successful and, and scalable, because the most important thing in Fiverr specifically is having that social proof in the reviews, right? So if you're charging, you know, $500 for a thousand word article or something, firstly, you're probably not going to find that buyer in Fiverr. But secondly, your gigs are just going to end up being stagnant with no reviews because nobody's buying them. So, you know, of course, you can work up these things over time. And as your clients get to know you better and understand your value, they'll probably consider paying a higher rate for your services over time. But if you if you want to build a, something like I have done on Fiverr as an agency, highly recommend starting out scrappier, charging the lower rate and probably doing the work yourself and then scaling over time as the demand increases. Yeah, and I mean, just that scaling element, um, when you get more work, it's, it's easier to set the higher rates just based on supply and demand where you only have a limited number of hours. If you've got so many people coming to you, it's easier to set that higher rate because you know you'll still have enough people. Uh, but I mean, it's interesting. A lot of people on fire, like you, you start with the low rate, you build up, and then you put yourself in a really good position as George has been able to do. Uh, Georgia, for people who want to learn more about your work and how to find you and your success on Fiverr, where do you suggest we go to follow your journey? Absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram. My tag is at Georgia Emily Austin. Not too active on Instagram. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I need to verify my LinkedIn username. I believe it's Georgia.Austin or something like that, or just Georgia Austin. You can also book an introduction call with me on Intro. It's a one-to-one -one video call platform where you can access celebrities and, and experts in pretty much every industry you could imagine. I've been accepted on there and I can give one-to-one -one advice on freelancing, scaling an agency, writing advice, creating a Fiverr profile, pretty much everything. Um, and you can also find Wizio at wizio.io. Well, very good success, listeners. Those links will be down below. Make sure you check out George's agency. We will have the LinkedIn username verified. That will definitely be in the show notes. So if you want to reach out to Georgia, everything's right down below. Georgia, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.